Christmas. This is the UGA Sports live broadcast. It's Tuesday at noon, but maybe a little late on Tuesday at noon, my fault. Uh, we really appreciate everyone joining us during this week. I know you're busy out there getting uh, Christmas presents and uh, Hanukkah presents and hol holiday festive decorations put up if you haven't done it already. We appreciate you spending the next hour with us here at UGA Sports. I'm joined by Jim Donnan, the former Georgia Bulldogs head coach, and, of course, Dane Young, our technical supervisor, producer, slash uh, insider, went over at the Grady School of Journalism, who's playing his uh, guitar today instead of actually doing any work. It's your tax dollars at work. You're paying him to stay home and be a mom, a, a girl dad. So. We, uh, no, we're glad he's here with us, and we're, we're glad Coach is with us. Uh, I should establish for the audio-only people, that is a Minnie Mouse toy guitar that you heard slightly. <laughs> and if I get tired of Roddy rambling, I'm just going to play yeah. him off the stage. Now, hey, no one cuts me off better than Coach Dada, but he's like, dude, you're, 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 you're re-chewing the same gristle. Let's move along. But I do want to move along to our sponsors real quick and mention our friends at Athens Ford, uh, Your Pie, um, Prime Shrimp, uh, Dead Soxy Socks, and of course, uh, uh, Academia Brewing Company and MyPerfectFranchise.net. We appreciate them. It, it's, it's Christmas season. That we take them as being uh, parts of the family, and so we need to send out Christmas cards to our sponsors and send a Christmas card to all you folks who take care of our sponsors. It means a lot to us. Tomorrow is signing day. Coach, we're going to have a... Uh, Bunch of new Bulldogs that will sign with the Bulldog, sign with Georgia tomorrow. Uh, nine of them are already on campus. They're working out with the team. They're going through the acclimation period. There's going to be supposedly 17 early enrollees. Four guys might decide to pick Georgia tomorrow. So we've got a little cheat sheet on the front page of UJSports.com about guys you need to watch. Uh, we've had the portal tracker going on for over feels like two weeks now. There's guys going in and out of the uh, the transfer portal. You've got. In other words, it's time for roster management. At the same time, you're trying to get ready for the college football playoffs. How is Kirby Smart and his staff juggling all these balls? You're trying to bring in new guys, prepare for this game. It just seems like uh, the logistics of it seem like a nightmare to me. Well, fortunately for us, Kirby's had a lot of uh, practice at it. Uh, certainly the new part he hasn't with the – NIL and the transfer portal, but as far as getting the team ready for the playoffs, uh, he's had plenty of practice at Alabama and here and managing your staff as far as time allotment uh, on the road the last two weeks. Uh, now we're in the dead period after Saturday, so the coaches can spend almost all their time now on uh, Ohio State, but uh, we've got a bevy of guys that break all the tape down and give them all the information. They can take it on the road with them and watch it while they're, uh, you know, downtime, not visiting homes and uh, seeing kids in schools. But, you know, the, the biggest thing is just making sure that your own squad is ready physically and mentally. I mean, you've got such a long time between your last game. Fortunately for us, we had a, a game against uh, LSU. But uh, for a team like Ohio State, it's going to be almost a month and a half since they played their last game. So mm -hmm. uh, you, you've got to – make sure your team not only uh, is ready uh, physically and mentally, but also just the fact of uh, uh, 
of playing together and uh, doing the little things right. You know, you watch all these bowl games, haphazard tackling, uh, really bad penalties, uh, just a lot of really big, bad mistakes that just drive you nuts as a coach. But you just can't take for granted that those things are going to happen. So one of the things I've always been impressed about Kirby's first uh, usage of our players once they come back after the game is really spend more time on fundamentals and like a spring practice, like work habits for the first four or five days, just to get back your fundamentals and certainly going against your own team helps you. And then kind of move on into the Ohio state game plan after you've gotten yourself kind of your feet under yourself, so to speak. So, uh, but the recruiting part is, is massive during, during this time because you're building for the future and, as you mentioned, the uh, transfer portal is going to be uh, something that we've got to look at uh, as far as bolstering our team. And some of the guys on our team are probably going to be leaving. Most of the ones that I think are leaving are ones that really just don't have much of a chance here. Uh, so I, I don't know for a fact who's going to leave, but I do know 85 equals 85. <laughs> we've got, we got way over 85 on uh, committed to come in here. Uh, so we're going to, we're going to lose some guys. That's just the way it is. You know, we lost 13 last year. Uh, and none of them ended up really hurting as bad as I thought it might on the depth perception, but we'll, we'll get some guys for sure in the portal this year. I, I think we're going to take probably two or three for sure. Coach, I, I want to ask you about the calendar for how all this goes down because we've heard Kirby Smart talk about it for a couple of years, just how difficult it is in this period to manage everything you have to and that something probably should be done administratively from the NCAA of what falls on the calendar when. Have you heard rumblings of anything that could actually happen? Because when I see a guy like Max Duggan, who's a Heisman finalist, who is about to play in the college football playoff, and he's declaring that he's going pro in that process, that just it feels weird to me. Yeah, I don't think that, that Max basically was but had any kind of timetable that he had to say that. But I guess, you know, probably Coach Dykes told him to do that so they could get a transfer quarterback. <laughs> I, well, I, I think that's probably what happened there. Uh, either that or a recruit. I and mean, you see that happening around the country. Bo Nix decides to come back, and all of a sudden uh, the kid from Detroit decommitted and is going to UCLA. Uh, the highly re recruited quarterback out of uh, Detroit. So I think it, it's a lot of pushing and shoving there. But as far as our schedule, we're going to practice. We practice yesterday, today, tomorrow, and then Thursday they'll practice in the morning and let the kids go home and they'll come back Christmas night, practice Monday here, and then go over to Atlanta and uh, join the Peach Bowl festivities and uh, spend the rest of the week getting ready for the Ohio State Buckeyes. And if if and when we win, and I feel like we 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 I feel positive about it, we would leave like on the, you know January, you know about four days before that game on the ninth, maybe Thursday or Friday, to go out to Los Angeles. Uh, Kirby has already sent a group of guys out there to uh, just like every team is supposed to because of the NC. I mean the the college football playoff has a introductory thing for you just so in case you win that you just don't all of a sudden got to make all your plans those plans are made for all four teams now if they win where they're going to stay where they're going to practice you know all the the logistics are set for la so uh 
hopefully we're going to be one of those two that play out there. I love it. Uh, you're, you're a lot more confident than I am. You know I get worried about stuff like this, but. Uh, well, I mean, you know, preparation, luck is when preparation meets opportunity. You got to be prepared for every issue. And when you're talking about the, the number of people that uh, you've got to get out there, not notwithstanding your squad, but uh, yeah. all of a sudden uh, the little old lady from Pasadena that gives money to the president's office wants to go. You better find her ass. I mean, better find her a room and <laughs> a play, place on excuse me, a place on the plane for it. So uh, uh, the president uh, does a really good job of, um, you, you know, of entertaining his his staff. Does a good job, and, and it's a great chance for uh, to enhance your uh, your your whole foundation the fact that how many times does a, in your lifetime do you get to play for a national championship but all of a sudden you go back to back playing and, and the amount of people that uh, want to be involved there uh sure you want to go watch your team but hey let's give us some money while you're doing it <laughs> that makes perfect sense the uh the logistics are, are a nightmare and that's kind of why i was you know thinking about you you sending staff out there to prepare for not only, you know, they're preparing for the Peach Bowl, they're preparing for the game after that. You have to have staff in here this past Saturday to welcome in nine new Georgia football players who are going to practice with the team in Athens. Now, like you, you, thank you for putting out the schedule because I didn't know what the schedule was going to be. So after they practice in Athens and the team goes to Atlanta to practice in the uh, Mercedes-Benz uh, Stadium, they can't practice over there. Exactly. Uh, Those kids have to stay here. So, you know, they're not in class. So somebody needs to, you know, somebody would need to watch them work out. But I don't think they'll, I don't think they'll stay here after Christmas. They might come back for that one day, but more than likely they'll go okay. back and then report. But if we start practicing here several days, you know, Kirby might get them in here for two or three extra. <laughs> that's, that's the way to do it. Yeah, but that's the thing. So, so these these nine kids, and let me mention them real quick, if y'all will bear with me. Um, there's nine players, all of them are in the rivals 250. Lawson Lucky, the tight end, you know, the uh, Georgia legacy times three. Uh, Gabriel Harris, the defensive end out of uh, IMG. C.J. Allen, the uh, inside linebacker from Barnesville. Anthony Evans, the speedster wide receiver out of uh, Texas. Uh, Raylan Wilson, another inside linebacker from Tallahassee. Uh, A.J. Harris, uh the cornerback out of Phoenix City, another good Phoenix City product. You know they can play. Uh, Jamal Jarrett, the big boy out of Grimsley, uh, North Carolina, uh, 6'6", you know, big, big. Uh, three, we had a list of 340. He ain't seen 340 in a while. Uh, Yazid Haynes, another wide receiver, and Tyler Williams, a third wide receiver. So some wide receivers coming here, Coach, who can get some routes run. Uh, of course, they, they got to start out in helmets and stuff, but they get to – do a little bit of scrimmage stuff. I mean, a little but bit. Of what they do there. basically is they got to get their physical and make sure that everything's cleared, and yeah. then they got to go out in the and just the protocol of two days without pads, just to uh, that's just the NCA thing. But usually, what what we've seen in the past, the way Kirby does it, is they'll, they'll bring them in there slowly, but they can let them play on a scout team. Say, look, I need you to run some routes here and come in here and emulate. Uh, instead of having one scout team guy be Marvin Harrison Jr., you put three guys in a row there running, run, you know, fresh guys in there. So it enhances your scout team's uh, level of uh, ability 
to have a scholarship guy there where a lot of times you might have a walk on there, although the walk ons do a good job, but uh, you know, all of a sudden you got a speedster like the one guy playing in a slot or, or, or a wide guy. So, uh, and then like Jared, just put him over the, the center and just sit there and say, Hey, uh, so, but you don't do a lot of just physical contact with them yeah. because they don't know how to protect themselves. And these guys are so advanced, but you just, the biggest thing, is the emotional part of, of being homesick, of adjustment, of the reality. I'm not a senior in high school now. I'm now a freshman and at one of the top programs, if not the top program in the country. And you got to be real careful about getting down on yourself too quickly. Well, you know, you're just overwhelmed. How am I going to play? Well, it's, it's more of an encouragement. Say all these guys started out here, but you're going to have a jump start on spring practice because you've been out here three or four days and the angst of worrying about how you're going to fit in. So let's just say you don't fit in as good as you hope. you got three months to work on what you got to do to all of a sudden get out there and be the kind of player you want to be as compared to sitting around, you know, wallowing in your pity. Not that many of these guys do, but it's a big adjustment. I mean, I've seen it for 50 years. It, uh, it's overwhelming. I know when I was a freshman, I was trying to think, good Lord. I mean, uh, how am I ever going to play? What What's going to happen? And uh, you just, I said, I'm going to work on my punting. At least I can punt. But uh, it, it's just something out there that uh, you, you've got to overcome. And then the fans out there have such high expectancy level for these recruits. Every one of them is better in our minds as, say, the dog nation than anybody we got on our team. Oh, he'll come in here and replace this guy. Absolutely. Hell yeah. Way more about way more about the guys we got coming in, the unknown than the known factor. But the one thing that's overwhelming here is the way that these guys have developed under Kirby and his staff that you thought had no shot. And all of a sudden, who would have thought one of the big keys in the Ohio State game is Robert Bill. Last year, William Poole. I mean, these guys got to be around here and they got to do their job. And uh, I think that's what's going to happen. And, uh, you know, all of a sudden, Morissette's going to be a, a, a receiver that's going to pick it up, I think. Uh, you, you just never know who the guy's going to be. But all of a sudden, Micah Morris, Wilson. Well, you know, Coach, don't don't say you, you'd ever know. You start telling us guys two, three years before they blow up. I don't well, want to hear I can, I can do that, but not, not to the point where I'm uh, – I can project them, but I can see like last year, the way Willock redeveloped his body and worked on it. And we talked about it on the podcast in the spring, the amazing transformation that he'd done under Scott Sinclair, Sinclair and his staff, as far as redistributing his weight. And, uh, you know, he, he hasn't been an overwhelming starter, but he's been there when we needed him with trust being out and with, uh, with the things happening at right guard too. Uh, so, uh, you, we're going to see the same thing with Mike and Morris and Wilson and uh, some of these guys that are going to be ready to go when these other guys leave. Coach had mentioned that transition to college. Just a note on the academic piece of it. So uh, grades were due for fall semester Monday at noon. So that is wrapped. That's one thing that's easier in postseason is that you don't have class schedule to go against. You do have holiday schedule, which, you know, teams set that. 
But the thing is now, when you play in a national championship, if Georgia gets there, the first day of classes on campus is the national championship day. And then you pretty much have, what, a month maybe? And there's workouts during that. The, you have pretty much a month until you're looking at spring ball for the following year. So it's a very quick transition for some of these guys that are, are just entering their new lives. And uh, there's a lot of support to get them there. True. We got really good People, just like we have in the training room, weight room, equipment room, we got the same thing. Academic support is just overwhelming. And uh, in all fairness to our, our guys, they're, they're good students, but some of them aren't five-star students like they're going against in the classroom. Uh, everybody knows how hard it is to get into Georgia now, uh, and it always has been. You look at some of these grades and the average SAT and all that, and these classes are set up for them. So these, these young men, I think, really have a lot better chance starting in the spring semester of acclimating academically than they do in the fall because you don't have a game pressing you every Saturday. You don't have to worry about travel and leaving town. And all. if you want to go home on the weekend and we're not practicing, you can do that. Homesickness always the biggest thing you got to if you if you're not homesick as a young uh, student in college something's wrong about your home life and I'm not bagging on anybody but you, you know you should miss your mom and dad and your girlfriend whoever it might be There's nothing wrong with that but uh, a lot easier to adjust if all of a sudden let's just say Dane it's the fall and you come in here and, and all of a sudden that you report July 1st and then you know you're not going home to January 1st. That's hard as compared to now. Uh, these guys come in here, they're going to go home after uh, Thursday. They're going to come back in January. And going home's good, but uh, as you, as most parents know, these guys and girls come home a lot more their freshman year than they do after that. But they, <laughs> they make the adjustment pretty quickly. I mean, that transition can be hard if you live in Jefferson and grew up there like some of Georgia's players. Now imagine the ones out in California. Like, it's really hard. Yeah, it oh, yeah. It, it is. It is. Coach, uh, now that the day brings up the point about classes being over, with classes over, doesn't that, does that change the 20-hour rule? Yeah, you don't have a 20-hour rule once the uh, – once the, the academic load is off. And the one thing that, I, that the NCAA did several years ago, which I think is pretty good to, just to keep some of these guys from just their senior or their junior year, if they're coming out pro, not even going to class, you have to pass six semester hours this semester to be eligible to play in a bowl game or a playoff. So uh, you can imagine back if they didn't have to do that, the amount of people that would just – get their checks and uh, just come to practice and wouldn't go to class. So I think that's a good rule, six hours. It might be different now, but I know several years ago it was at least six. So uh, and from what I, I haven't read anybody being in that academic ineligible on our team, but I'm sure if they were, we'd probably heard about it by now. <laughs> this is where I get to brag because I'm in grad school right now, and I just nabbed two more A's for uh, about halfway through my grad school program. See, we, it, it's, it's Grady Girls of school. It, you're going to get automatic A's. Come on. We know that's it's not easy. true at still, all. <laughs> still, that's good for you. Yeah, I, I that's, that's impressive. Uh, I told you if you just went to class and sat on the first row they would, and take your ukulele with you, they'd give you an A. <laughs> it worked out. Hey, speaking of uh, getting A's in first class, let's talk about our friends over at Athens Ford. You think of the A's for Athens. Uh, I want to give them A's for the 
quality of work they do in the community on your screen there. If you're listening to the podcast, you're missing the screenshot here. They have uh, their giant Christmas tree and all the toys that they were doing. They did this from November 15th to December 15th. They were part of the angel tree and the toys for tots program. They collected a hundred dollars worth of toys for every car they sold. And these guys sell a ton of cars. So you can imagine the sheer number of toys. This is, that picture is not all of them. They're all over the place. That's just a, a small smattering of the toys they have. And of course, we've mentioned numerous times that they sponsor the um, Winter Wonder Lights. They, they are premium sponsors for the lights show over at the uh, Georgia Botanical Gardens. Be sure to get to the State Botanical Gardens, check out those lights, and know that those are brought to you by your friends at Athens Ford. I uh, see Timmy Gay and a bunch of the people there that won the um, uh, Employee of the Month. Uh, but again, they also gave $2,000 to the Lauren Smith Center for Cancer Support. You can see Brian Clover there, the uh, the head man over at Athens Ford, and the uh, giant check they had there. And of course, when they had the uh, SEC Championship game, there's a picture of them with a cutout of Kirby Smart. Uh, they kicked the one guy who's an LSU fan. They did let him in the picture, but you can see all the Georgia fans over at Athens Ford. They are huge, huge Georgia fans. And I'm going to tell you that uh, uh, they eat, breathe, <laughs> live. Uh, and die Georgia football. So if you support Georgia football, please support our friends at Athens Ford. Also, I want to mention um, Dead Soxy. Dead Soxy is a huge sponsor of ours. They sponsor not only this show, but they sponsor our website. Uh, you need to check them out. I know you're thinking, what, what are we going to do for Christmas? Uh, you've got somebody on your list, you know, and you think, oh, well, if I order from Dead Socks or someplace like that, I won't have time to get socks from them. Look, right now, it's 25% off their uh, all the items on their in their these big kits they have, and they have free premium two-day shipping through Wednesday, i.e. tomorrow. If you're listening to this later in the week, you, you missed out. But go to deadsoxy.com, use ho- promo code HOLIDAY25, get 25% off, and free premium two-day shipping is through Wednesday at 3 p.m. Eastern time or 2, per, 2 p.m. Central. They still, I mean, if you order it tomorrow before three, they'll have time to pack up your items and get them shipped to you two day premium shipping for free from our friends at Dead Soxy. So hit them up. I know you're thinking, hey, uh, today's the 20th. I've got five days. How can I get something shipped here in time? They can do it. So hit them up. Hey, I want to just, I want to encourage them to get ready to get some uh, Dead Soxy with the 2022 national championship. Uh, I've got these at, uh, I started to wear them, but I thought it might be bad luck. Just wait till we get to 2022. And then, of course, these footies that you talk about, I mean, these are unbelievable for old men like me. Uh, just got the silver and red. So, hey, the old coach uses them. I love those no-shows. Coach, I want to uh, begin to jump into Ohio State. Big angles like yours, what do you expect? <laughs> <laughs> um, so, Sorry. Coach, me and Brent Rollins did our Film Note Live on Ohio State previewing them. So what I wanted to do is just toss out a few of the names, some of the marquee players from Ohio State, and just if you're the coach of Georgia, what are you telling your players about these guys as you're preparing for them? And I actually want to start on uh, the defensive side of the ball, and I'm going to go with Tommy Eichenberg. Yeah, Tommy's a good linebacker. I mean, just uh, you, you just look over the years, all the guys they've had, They've always had a good inside guy, and, uh, you know, he supposedly had played with two broken hands against Michigan. I don't know if that's true or not, but uh, if he played with one, it's unbelievable. But uh, 
but uh, that was why they, that uh, Michigan scored all those points. His hands were broke. No, uh, I don't know what the <laughs> deal was, but uh, he's a very solid player. You know, physical, big, uh, doesn't run like our linebackers, but he, he's definitely a presence inside. He's their uh, leading tackler with 112 tackles. Next highest for Ohio State is 69 tackles. Uh, I'm going to go to their sack leader, and that's Jack Sawyer. You know, Jack's a really good athlete. I played quarterback in high school, uh, I think, wow. early on, and then uh, moved to the outside. And, uh, you know, has it's, it's got some uh, skill coming off the edge. Uh, not overwhelmingly knock you back like that Hutchison guy did last year, but uh, I think he's he's a really good player and somebody we got to be aware of. Both our tackles got to do a good job on Stay at the line of scrimmage, but on the offensive side of the ball, this is going to be a first-round pick in the NFL. Paris Johnson, Jr., their left tackle. Yeah, you just look at his size and the girth. I mean, just long, 6'6". Six, six. Uh, you, you know, he's more of a guy that just uh, doesn't have the physical power that you expect. But uh, he, he's got – he's a pretty good run blocker, but good pass prote- protector and uh, was very highly recruited, I think, among the top players in the country. High school and uh, Georgia went after him hard. We, we got to uh, be aware of, of of him. Just the fact that you know maybe put somebody on him just to tie him up and then come underneath. Uh, one of the things that I really like about our our uh, rushes, uh, technique wise, is we don't waste a lot of space. You know, if we run a twist, the guy that's supposed to occupy the inside does it, and the guy comes off right off the guy's hip or. We hit the right gaps, uh, very well coached on our pressures, and we're going to need to do that against, I guess, the next guy you're going to ask me about, C.J. Stroud, so I'll, t- I'll talk about him. <laughs> well, uh, we really tried to recruit him. Dell McGee was in on him, and uh, he even mentioned Dell when he was at the Heisman Awards there and the, and the pre-press uh, uh, releases that they had up there, how much he was impressed with Dell and uh, – some of our support staff that recruited him, but, uh, you know, out of California. But he's been a starter for two years, has thrown 81 touchdown passes, 37 this year. Uh, you know, that's a lot of touchdowns, uh, 81, 44, 37. And he, uh, he's, he's more of a just prototype uh, quarterback that hangs in the pocket, doesn't really go run a lot of zone reads or anything like that. I like the fact that he doesn't – present the run threat that maybe we've seen with some other quarterbacks, even hooker. He, he doesn't do what hooker did, but he's uh, extremely accurate and uh, takes pretty good care of the ball. I think he's had like six interceptions this year, but uh, he, the thing about him, very cerebral uh, Ryan day is an excellent coach quarterback guru. Uh, they know what they're doing. If you give them something, they've, they've, they've practiced it. So we're going to have to, disguise our coverages and mix up our uh, rushes and uh, uh, try to confuse him some, that's for sure. And then finally, the player who I thought was the best on tape for Ohio State, which is not some crazy take or anything. You don't have to be a football genius to see that Marvin Harrison Jr. is awesome. Yeah, number 18, a very big uh, receiver. About Looks a lot like Pickens, but maybe a couple inches taller. Uh, 6'4 out of Philadelphia. Everybody knows his dad, uh, Hall of Famer, played for – for uh, Indianapolis and uh, was kind of the go-to guy for Peyton Manning for so long. But uh, so, you know, he's been running routes since he was in the crib. Uh, he really is a, 
a very good route runner and uh, can, can go make – you know, I think he's got 72 receptions this year for like how many, 14 touchdowns or something like that. But whatever he has, uh, he's somebody that, that we got to be really aware of. They got a good tight end who's kind of nasty too. Uh, 12, 12 touchdowns for Harrison. One of their receivers uh, that caught all those passes last year in the, against Utah, uh, 16 in the game is out. And also uh, Henderson, their running back. So, But I, I think uh, Harrison, among the better receivers we've played against since uh, Kirby's been here. The other things that, that I noticed, what C.J. Stroud uses the sideline to his advantage, probably as good as any quarterback I've seen in, in a while, just his accuracy on using the sideline. It's either going to be an incompletion or it's going to be a catch with one of the crazy receivers. But then the thing, Coach, with their defense, you mentioned this last week, they are very aggressive on defense, and Michigan found ways to get big plays on them. I, I think for Georgia to – put a big number on the scoreboard, they're going to need some of those big plays too. And usually it's one cut. And if one guy misses, then it's out there. Yeah. Their defensive coordinator was at Oklahoma state last year, Jim Knowles. Uh, you know, he's got a background of, he was actually the head coach at Cornell early in his career. Then he went to Duke and worked with Cutcliffe as a D coordinator. Mike Gundy hired him out there at Oklahoma state. Uh, it's uh balls to the wall I mean they come after you with different pressures but not just you know seven and eight nine guys I mean they just five and six all the time but with that they put a lot of pressure on their secondary playing man coverage and if you break the line of scrimmage a lot like some of the runs we made this year uh, you've seen Milton against the pressure of um, you know Georgia Tech or uh, Mississippi State you just break that gash uh, Edwards, for a guy we recruited who plays for Michigan, had over 200 yards, and I think 150 of them were on three runs, you know, just going, breaking right down the, the middle. And the receivers uh, caught some balls, and, and the corners missed tackles, and then they took it all the way. I think five or six plays over 50 yards in that game, and three of them in the fourth quarter. Uh, one of the things – Ohio State doesn't sub a lot, and they've gotten hurt in the fourth quarter against some good teams, not only Michigan, but, you know, we've only given up like 50 points in the fourth quarter all year, and I think in three games they gave up 55. So hopefully uh, it won't be such a tight game that the fourth quarter will will make that much difference. But, uh, you know, I'm throwing out all this stuff because I ain't got anything else to do but study Ohio State. So uh, (laughs) I'm opening up my veins to you. Well, the only other question I had is one of the teams that played them really well was Maryland. And Mike Loxley, a guy that was on the staff at, at Alabama for a long time, is that someone Kirby could potentially lean on and say, hey, what did you see or what were your ideas? Or or does Kirby just have a network yeah, that doesn't I mean, even need to do it? We always uh, have people reaching out to, to uh, friends and people that you know on other staffs. And uh, yeah, that's one thing that most all coaches do uh, early on uh, – in the process, just are there any keys on their alignment, on their stances? Did it, Was there anything that you thought going into the game that ended up being something that didn't happen or vice versa? And uh, and that, that's good. You know, you share, and it's a lot easier if you've been on a staff with somebody as compared to calling somebody cold. Sometimes you call somebody cold and they never answer. So, uh, <laughs> Uh, it, it's definitely – there's not a lot of secrets, though, because of the tape. I mean, guys like you and Brent break it down. You can imagine what these analysts are doing over there for UGA. So, uh, not a lot of secrets. 
Uh, when you have 47 analysts who can break down film and actually know what your know what your team's calls are and stuff like that, that's very impressive. I uh, want to take a quick break and mention a good analyst, somebody who will uh, help you make some good decisions in your life and what you need to do. I want you to reach out to My Perfect Franchise. If you're sick of what you're doing, you're like, look, I need a change. I need a new game plan. I need to reach out to somebody who can help me uh, overcome some obstacles in my life. I'm tired of this rat race. I want to get out of it. Reach out to My Perfect Franchise. They have over 3,000 franchises that they will try to match you up with. So when you say, look, I don't have a ton of money to invest. Okay, well, we can do these franchises. You're like, I want a complete change. Okay, we can do these franchises. I want to get out. I, I want a franchise, but I don't want it in this field. They got tons of that. And I know that when I mentioned Andy Ludecki over there, you have no idea who the hell that is. But I'm sure a lot of you know who Brandon Beachy is. Brandon Beachy, the former uh, Atlanta Braves pitcher, he is working with My Perfect Franchise. So this is a guy who, after his big league career is over, he's like, well, what do I do now? He is not even like this franchise guy. He is a franchise coach. He's a franchise consultant. And basically what he's doing is helping you get into the right franchise for you. Again, there's 3,000 of them. I mean, I don't know that I could even name all the categories that they have. But, you know, if you go to their website, you'll see they have a ton of them and you can look at them all there. But you can reach out, talk to the former Braves pitcher, ask him about Braves stuff. Trust me, we're going to have him on the UGA Sports uh, site. We're going to have him on the dog vent. He's going to come talk Braves. He's going to come, he'll talk trades. He'll talk, you know, uh, all the stuff like that. He loves it. He lives it. He was there. So reach out to Brandon Beachy, Andy Ludecki at My Perfect Franchise, and they will help you uh, with your next step. Uh, speaking of next steps, it's Tuesday. It's dreary. It's cold. It's awful. It's nasty. Do something for yourself. Do something for the celebrate the holidays on Tuesday by getting something from my friends over at your pie. Uh, get one of their great pizzas. Get one of their uh, cal, uh, uh, salads. Get one of their sandwiches. Get one of their custom uh, pastas. Get their breadsticks. Uh, get the gelato. Get the beer they have out there. Swing by one. Check it out. See what you think. Uh, get the spicy Italian. Get the uh, Southern Heat, my favorite. Get the Ishka, the Nat. They have so many fantastic pizzas. And basically, for people who are new to the show, if you haven't uh, heard us talk about your pie before, it's not a dessert shop. It's basically a pizza place. Think maybe that kind of the subway mentality where you walk in, you tell them what bread you want. Well, here you go in, you tell them what crust you want, what sauce you want, what toppings you want. And they don't charge you per topping. You get everything in front of you if you want and throw it all into a pizza. They put it into a super hot grill. It comes out thin crust. It's phenomenal. And by the time you've paid for your uh, pizza, gotten a drink, sat down, they're usually walking up to your table with a piping hot custom-made pizza that is delicious. So try it out when you get the chance. So we're all questions for the rest of the show because people want to hear from uh, on and his takes. And one of our most loyal ones, I'm going to start with this from uh, YouTube. This is from Captain Guy Bob in Hiawassee. He says, Coach, do you have any thoughts on Charlie Baker as the new NCAA president? Yeah, that caught me off guard. Uh, you know, I'm not too big. Hadn't been checking out the Massachusetts governor on his website very much lately, but uh, unbelievable uh, move by the NCA. I guess they really feel like the guys organized, got uh, ties to Congress, whatever. They, they, I mean, I don't know what the what the reason was, but uh, good luck, Charlie. <laughs> yeah. well, what a crazy time to be the new president! Oh my God, uh, you get paid well. I know that's the case. Uh, so it'll be just fine with that. 
this is from in Kirby we trust over at ugasports.com says with a month between the sec championship and the playoff game when do you really start preparing for that playoff game and he says i know kirby smart says that georgia focused on itself last week How, when do you begin flipping into preparation for ohio state good question yeah i think uh i tried to answer that in the preliminary deal earlier that Certainly, the, the the thing you got to do is reestablish your 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 psyche as far as uh, you know getting that edge back, and you don't want to spend so much time where you're working on mental part that you don't get the physical going again. So they they had three or four physical practices against each other, and then uh, from what I understand, uh, yesterday was I mean they actually gave them off uh, Saturday and Sunday, which was good, and I, I noticed a lot of our players were doing some really good things with uh, young people around town, uh, you, you know, different ways that they were taking them on shopping sprees and all that. So that was good. And the coaches get a little break too. But uh, I think full boat started yesterday. From Scott Mack, 1972, last year between the end of the season and the beginning of the playoff, A.D. Mitchell seemed to make a pretty big improvement to his game. The light came on for him, so to speak. Who do you think might be that guy for this year's team? Well, it came on because they threw him the ball and he made the plays. But uh, he, he definitely was uh, was huge in the playoffs. As far as somebody that uh, might be like a large he did down into the uh, uh, Sugar Bowl that year uh, when nobody really heard about him. I, I really don't know that we're going to have anybody. The guy that has made tremendous improvement all year and every time I see him in a game is Everett. Every time you see him go in the game, he seems to be able to play and and give us some good relief. So I would say Everett and then on offense, uh, we're going to need Mims to be ready to go the whole way. I hope Warren's going to be all right. You know, when you have an MCL sprain, it's just different with an old lineman because every down you're, you know, pushing off your, your leg, but you also have a lot of pileups. And, you know, any kind of uncomfortable situation is just – made worse because you've got a uh, MCL spring. So I would say those two guys. Coach, would you – I know this would sound uh, cruel, but if you were uh, at Ohio State and you know that the uh, right guard has a bad left knee, do you – I don't say go after it, but do you line up on his, you know, left side? Yeah, you, you, make him aware, you make him aware that that's their plant leg on certain things and all, but I don't, I don't think that any coach I would hope would say, hey, let's go after his leg. Or, I'm not go after him. Just say, hey, look, he's weaker on this side. We, we yeah, always I mean, been injured that way. Let's, let's, let's adjust our offense. The injuries that they have and where they are, that's for sure. I mean, yeah. and set it up accordingly. That's for, They do that. Ohio State lines up really wide at defensive end anyway. And so if, you know, depending on which leg and those things, I, I think some of that just kind of happens in the natural course of how a team schemes. Right. I mean, they, they use the wide nine, which is a the nine technique is an outside shoulder of the end, but the wide nine is some people are doing more where it's actually a 10 or 11. I mean, it looks like an 11 to me. <laughs> so uh, are you in the slot? Just really uh, set themselves up for, Running the counter, though. I mean, that, that's golden look for counter. From Go Dogs thirteen seventy one, Coach, what do you think of Buster Faulkner's situation now? The offensive coordinator at Georgia Tech. And you know, the- I'm happy for happy for Buster. For, fortunately, uh, the, the most people take away the Tech Georgia or the Georgia Tech 
uh, rivalry and understand this guy has t- taken a tremendous, uh, uh, been tremendously loyal to Georgia. When you look that a guy was making over $300,000 as a coordinator at Southern Miss and uh, just took his family and left and came here for a minimal amount of money. Uh, fortunately for us, we were able to increase his salary every year, but he came here as an off-the-field coach uh, just to get involved with Kirby and uh, Munkin and everybody and and really uh, is paid off career-wise because that's a good, that's a good job from a standpoint starting over we've got a new uh, coach and to be a, a power five coordinator and make, I mean, you got to think he's making seven or 800,000. It's not all about the money, but uh, I think anybody would hold this against uh, him taking a job like that needs to really reflect on the sacrifice he and his family made to come here. And uh, he's really done a great job. And, I've known Buster since he was a quarterback at Parkview High School. I mean, he came to my camp. He came to my camp. I watched him go play at Valdosta. I uh, watched his career. I was able to do a couple of his games on TV when he was in Middle Tennessee and then Arkansas State. Uh, we've kept up this whole three years. Uh, I've done everything I can to encourage him. I tried to talk him into taking a two-lane job last year. He was offered a coordinator job. I said, you can't just keep waiting. These jobs aren't going to keep coming, Buster. And uh, as usual, I was wrong, uh, and he, he knew what he wanted to do. And I, I mean, I wasn't encouraging him to leave. Don't hold that no. against dog fans. I was just saying, realistically, every year you sit out, it's going to be harder to get an on the field job. So he's done a tremendous job with Stetson. Just the fact that Stetson has made so many uh, comments about him, along with Coach Munkin, who deserves a, a, a lot of the credit. But I'm happy for Buster. Very happy. It sounds like he, he could have ended up at Georgia Tech anyway because Willie Fritz got deep into that job search at Tech too. So if he already liked Faulkner and offered him a yeah, team. I don't know that he would – a lot of times these coaches, though, they, you turn them down once, they don't usually come back on you. I mean, he could have. That's a good point, though, Dane. I don't mean to – he really probably liked the guy he had this year. They won 10 games. So He was able to get his uh, offensive line coach, Jeep Wade, who uh, was his line coach at Middle Tennessee. Uh, and he's able to get him over at Tech, too, so those two together. And they just picked up a good transfer quarterback, that uh, card guy out of Texas who's had a good background. Uh, it's coming in there as a transfer portal quarterback for him. Uh, is Buster going to stay in Athens through the playoffs, or is he going to already moved on to Tech? You know, I don't have the exact deal on that, and if I said that, if I did, then they'd say, don't be telling. I don't know what he's going to do. Uh, but you got to figure that this last week he was over there for sure with Tech on the recruiting, uh, whether he's going to be here for the game or not. I, I we'll find out. But um, either way, I hope I hope it uh, whatever is best for uh, for him is uh, you'd think that uh, the coach over there would let him go on and do what he needs to with Georgia because there's nothing you can do at Tech. You can't go on the road. You can't do anything for dead period for a couple of weeks here. So hopefully uh, that'll, that'll work out, but I can't say for sure what's happening. No worries. Coastal VA dog coming hot out of the gate. He said, what the hell is wrong with Todd McShay spreading garbage about Jalen Carter that he can't back up? Does Kirby Smart rip McShay a brand new one behind the scenes? 
you know, I don't think it's right for Todd to say something like that. Uh, uh, you know, certainly every guy in every uh, position like that has privy to a lot of information. And sometimes it's true and sometimes it's not. But you got to be careful about spreading things out there. Uh, uh, and I, I just don't want to go into any detail about what I know and what I don't know. But I do feel like that was poor by Todd saying that. But, uh, you know, the thing about Carter is uh, he, he's just a great player. And uh, all that stuff will come out uh, when he gets his uh, – goes to the combine and all. He'll get checked out and everything will be – you know, the, the teams will check his background and all that. So, uh, I mean, Todd's right or wrong, but I think he's wrong in what he said. There's, it's too vague. It, it fills in. A, it, it, people start filling in with uh, stuff that's maybe stronger. And I just go back to George Pickens. Remember, George had some issues. The guy goes out of bounds. He sprays him with a water bottle. He's gotten into a few fights. He had a smart mouth, you know. But you see what he's doing. So, to me – you could say the same thing about George Pickens yeah. last year. And I'm like, dude, if, if some, if a guy is the best player on the team and uh, he, you know, he's, I'm not here. I don't need you. If you really think it's going to affect his draft status, then you can bring it up. But you right. basically yourself said it's not going to. So then shut the hell up. You know, it's you know, in the case of George Pickens too. Uh, just the outward appearance of those immature things, the guy shoots the water gun yeah. or, then you just naturally think that he's got issues. But then you see his mother jerking knot in his ass right in front of everybody, and you know that he is a homeboy from the standpoint of yes, sir, no, sir. He, he's a good kid, just a little immature. But, exactly. Uh, That's kind of what I feel about guys, Let me just finish here. Those guys are just uh, – sometimes that stuff comes out, and uh, it's wrong, but – Here's the thing. You got guys like Andy Reid, and I'm dropping the name. Andy Reid called me about George and said, hey, we had him in here for a visit. We really liked him. Is there anything I need to know? I said, that's who you got, Andy. Same thing with a guy from Pittsburgh. He, he checked with Kirby. He knows it. So these these people got too much riding on it to take a guy with, uh, with skeletons in the closet. But uh, you, you got to think that they – Everybody dog nation wise, all these people on the dog. You got to remember that it's amazing the scrutiny they undergo uh, on these kids, and uh, it's unreal. So, uh, but I'm happy for George that he's doing so well. Yeah, they, they check him back to high school. This from Sumter Dog One. Always love Coach Don and stories with early signing day approaching. What's your most memorable in-home visit with a recruit and their family? I got so many memories. We could, uh, you know, do a Dean Martin show. Uh, thanks for the memories. But uh, I got mostly good, a few bad. But um, I've been in a room one time where the mother said, told her dad to get into the kitchen and she was going to stay in the uh, living room and for him not to come back till I left. Uh, and, uh, you know, I was kind of between a rock and a hard place because I thought the dad was on my side and, yeah, I'm trying to figure out how to do it, but uh, you, you got to be able to adjust. And one of the things that I think it's just like any salesman when you go in is uh, you got to figure out what's going to make the what's going to close it. You know, uh, what's going to get you things. And it's not that you want to talk somebody into it, but they're ready to be talked into it. So you got to have a good 
good clothes and everything. My best line that always worked when there was tension filled. I'm talking about everybody was sitting on the edge of their seat and they were ready to do something. And, you know, rather than say, okay, Dane, what do you want to do? I, I would say, okay. I said, here's the deal. My wife wouldn't have married me if I hadn't asked her. And then they start laughing. I said, do you want to come to Georgia? And 90% of the time he got that one going. So that was a great, great for breaking the ice, you know, just uh, my wife. And, and so that always worked for me. And then, uh, you know, the other thing is just if you felt like that the guy was trying to big time you and you weren't that fired up about him anyhow, one of the things I always try to do, and my coaches knew it, and they didn't like it, but I said, I'm going to tell you right now, if he starts hemming and hauling me, I'm going to put the hat on him. And what that means is that, you know, this guy saying, well, you know, I want to make a couple more visits, and I'm really not sure, and, you know, starts doing all that. My go-to was the, was like, like this. I said, hey, Roddy, I understand that you got some other choices, but so do I, and here's the deal. If I leave this house and you don't tell me you're coming to Georgia, then I'm going to go out and look for somebody else. But if you do, I'm going to guarantee you that we're going to take you. So what do you want to do? Yeah. And uh, most of the time they, they're hemming and hauling. So, oh, yeah, coach, I'm ready. I'm ready. You know? <laughs> <laughs> but um, I always had a lot of different ways to go about it. But you better, uh, you better have understand you only got one shot in the home, but it's a lot easier if you if they've been to your camp and you've had them for a visit and you've done all this stuff as compared to just going in there cold when you're trying to build a relationship in like 30 minutes. I mean, that's hard, you know, uh, but if you've been – when you come to the door, your mom comes up and grabs you and hugs you and all, you know, hey, glad to see you again, coach, and all that. You know, I mean, that's you can't beat that compared to – who are you? Uh, what's your name? Uh, <laughs> And I've had some embarrassing moments, too. I mean, I've called – out of my whole career, I've never called a kid by the wrong name except one time. And I don't know why I kept calling him. Uh, instead of calling you Dane, I might have been calling you Brent. And um, my my guy that was helping me there said a couple of times, you know, and, and hoping I would get it, said, and said, hey, Dane really <laughs> likes it here, you know. <laughs> and uh, – so I finally got across to me. So I'm throwing out some things there that happened, but uh, I've signed a guy in a, uh, at, at a Publix behind the, the uh, meat counter because another school was waiting at his house and I got him to come out the back door and we got the parents to go out the front door and we met at Publix and signed him. 1971, Florida State, Florida was waiting out there for him. I got him at the meat counter and yeah. then went back out and held, held the papers up to the gator Gators, I love that. You like uh, How do you like them apples? You, you could have ordered a cake while you were there. Hitting the kid out at the bowling alley all night with his uh, guidance counselor while uh, Ray Perkins and Joe Kynes are over at his house looking for him. Uh, I've done a lot of things. I mean, nothing below board, though. I know, you know, but I, 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 that's enough for right now. <laughs> Before we plead the fifth here. Uh, speaking of the fifth, I, I want could to tell you, I, I could tell you the Champ Bailey story, which if you want to hear that after this commercial, I'll tell you. <laughs> well, hold off for the Champ Bailey story. I want to mention our friends over at Academy Brewing Company. Uh, they're just a, it's a great company. It's a good time to go swing by there when you've got all the Christmas stuff going on and you're 
Uh, you're out shopping in the Athens area. You're on the west side of town. Swing by uh, Academy Brewing Company. Get some of their fantastic beers. Hey, if you got somebody who likes beer in your family, this makes it, beer makes a great Christmas gift. If you're looking for a place to eat, you're looking for a place to have a uh, Christmas party, uh, holiday party. You just, you just want to hang out with friends. You're all back from college and you want to go hang out someplace. Swing, swing by Academy Brewing Company. They have fantastic food, fantastic beer, just a great atmosphere. Uh, December 22nd, coming up two days from now, they're going to have their Christmas trivia between seven and eight. So you definitely want to check that out. Uh, they've got brisket sliders. I talk about the good food over there that they have all the time. They keep changing things around. Now they have oven roasted brisket uh, with their beer barbecue sauce, uh, pickled jalapenos and uh, uh, dinner rolls. Serve your choice of a side. Brisket sliders. I mean, that just sounds fantastic. They also have a lot of neat uh, merchandise out there. You can swing by, pick up hats, uh, coasters, all sorts of neat uh, Academia Brewing Company themed items. Check them out when you get the chance. Uh, also need to bring up our friends at Prime Shrimp. Okay, Prime Shrimp, great company. Uh, they do a lot of uh, business this time of year when you're trying to come up with, hey, we, we got, uh, what are we going to have before the big meal? Well, let's we could have a uh, shrimp cocktail. You can have the uh, the barbecue shrimp that they make. You can have their shrimp alfredo. If you're trying to uh, in have people come over for the holidays and you're thinking about what to feed them and you're trying to think you're cooking 17, 18 different things and you got desserts to make and stuff like that, check out primeshrimp.com. It's frozen shrimp. It's peeled and deveined in New Orleans. Because, I mean, that's basically how they started out. They started out as a food processing company, a fish processing company. So they have a great system that deveins and peels the shrimp. It comes to you frozen with, on dry ice. There's flavor packs inside the uh, boiling bag, boiling bags that you just take the uh, shrimp and the seasoning out, drop it into some boiling water, turn it over one time, let it cool down, cut it open. So five minutes from start to finish from the minute your uh, water starts boiling and you have incredibly fantastic, delicious shrimp ready to go. So, again, if you're trying to make it easier on your life, you know, during this holiday season, check out our friends at Prime Shrimp. They do a fantastic job. And if you're not if you're not if you're watching, if you're listening to this, and not watching it. And you didn't see the fantastic shrimp that Dane pulled up there. It is mouthwateringly good. The pictures. The pictures are great, but they do not do justice to, to the taste. How'd you get Champ Bailey? Let's go. And before I do that, I got to talk about the cat. I was doing this uh, home visit at Marshall, and uh, Coach Selfo had this big kid uh, that we were recruiting, and uh, we're sitting at the kitchen table. I'll set it up. I was on the end seat, and his mother, dad, his brother, him, and Selfo were there. And I was doing a good job and they had this really big cat that was walking around and everything. And so the cat got up behind this ledge behind me and I'm talking and all of a sudden it jumped come right on my head. Oh man. And I went bananas, man. I mean, I was trying to keep my cool, but I could not believe it. And finally he jumped off my head, but it, it was scary. And then we, the, the, the when we got to Georgia, we went to see Eric, um, Adrian Hollingshead and he had a Rottweiler out in front of his house and it was on a chain and we didn't have a, a phone. To, I mean, he didn't have a cell phone to call or a phone. And 
I told Selfo, I said, just start out as far as you can and see how far that chain goes and we'll adjust. He said, you go do it. I said, I'm the head coach. You do it. So he went out there and that Rottweiler came out and it was pretty close. But while he was doing that, I went in the side door and Selfo was out there and then uh, Adrian got the, got it off of him. But uh, it was pretty cool. But as far as Champ, uh, you know, we make an official visit down there. You can go one time and w- w- watch him play basketball. And I was sitting there. Uh, and one of the things coaches do, if they know you're in the home, they'll call to try to disrupt you, you know. And uh, Spurrier kept calling uh, that night. And uh, his sister, Danielle, uh, who we call Doll, kept answering the phone and then coming over there to Elaine Bailey and kind of whispering to her. And she went like this a couple of times. So finally, the third time, she said, give me that phone, Doll. She said, Coach Spurrier said, I don't appreciate you calling here when Coach Donnan is here talking to Champ. And by the way, he's going to Georgia. And I said, yes, sir. I mean, that's the first, I mean, I thought he was coming anyhow, but, you know, because we had his brother and all. But I, I was really good her telling Spurrier that. It was pretty awesome. She's being the mom hall of fame for uh, – there's a lot of good Georgia moms, but uh, we, we, when we had the inaugural class of three, college – Three of them there, that and – the lucky triplets. As I say, I mean, her and Ray uh, recruited, uh, and really glad Lawson's here. I mean, he's going to be a he's going to be a really good player for us. Uh, Mike Lucky's. Uh, you know, I don't, I don't know of anybody. I don't. I've never heard of a coach that coached triplets beside me and Ray Goff. Maybe somebody else did, but all three of them very productive for us. And yeah, great guys too. Uh, love them and hey. We just mentioned earlier in the show, you know, Lawson's going to, Lawson's here. He's practicing. So he practiced Sunday, I mean, Saturday and Sunday. So I guess anybody that thinks he's here because he's a legacy and we're feeling, you know, just doing him a favor. Wait till you watch the guy. Jay, cut on some tape, but get on Rivals. Look at his highlight film. Looks like a combination of uh, Washington and Bowers. Well, it'd be like Ohio State taking uh, Harrison just because, you know, well, his dad played in the NFL. Sometimes the the, the one the dad's an NFL player that's you know or a college football player. That's a good thing. It's not just a legacy issue. So exactly, George is going to miss out on uh, Justice Haynes. He's going to go to uh, Alabama, but George's got some uh, irons in the fire there as well. So kind of interesting that two players from Georgia like Haynes and Downs are going to Alabama, and then we're getting that corner from uh, Phoenix City, one of the best players in Alabama. So kind of goes back and forth now. It, it really does. Uh, it's. I don't say they've taken. It's taken a lot of the. Uh, the battle for signing day seems to be a little bit different. So for folks that are trying to determine what to watch tomorrow when all this comes down, keep an eye on uh, Damon Wilson, the number nine player in the country. He between three thirty and four thirty on ESPN, he'll be announcing. Uh, George is writing a battle there to get the uh, number two uh, defensive end. I mean, he's a big star. Uh, Kyron Jones. That's another. Athlete, he was committed to North Carolina State until yesterday. Yesterday afternoon, he decommitted. Georgia wants him as a defensive back. He's been a running back. The guy runs all over the place. Uh, on got really good high end speed. Yep. Uh, Daniel Harris was committed to Georgia, decommitted. Never thought he was going to Penn State. Now it's kind of up in the air. So he'll decide tomorrow, or uh, we're not sure exactly when, but it should be tomorrow. But keep an eye. He's uh, another member of the Rivals 250. So keep an eye on Daniel Harris, the uh, cornerback. And then Thursday, big Jordan Hall. This has been a huge battle back and forth between Alabama, Florida, Georgia, and LSU. Uh, number 61 player in the nation, uh, big defensive tackle, 6'5", 306 pounds. He's going to announce uh, 230 on Thursday. 
So four guys could be Georgia players by the end of it. Hall and Wilson are uh, early enrollees. So, again, you've got 17 early enrollees. Now you could be adding two more. So, Coach, that's why we were talking about the roster management. Yeah, that's the end of the show. And uh, Somebody's got to go. I'm sure the uh, different fans have different ways of keeping up with recruiting, but uh, I, I just enjoy what, uh, reading what uh, Jed May and, uh, you know, Blaine Gilmer and uh, Trent Smallwood, all these guys just do a tremendous job of not only giving you information about these guys, but uh, really going out and meeting the families and talking to them and uh, giving a lot of inside stuff about them that uh, I don't know hardly any, but if I want to look up something, I mean, all you got to do is go to that rival's website and find out about it. I mean, I guess, I guess you could take credit for hiring them, Roddy, but they do. Uh, absolutely. Yeah. You also hired everything they know. <laughs> yeah. But then I hired Dane. So like, Hey, three, yeah, three was, one record's pretty good. So I we'll get hired by getting old Dane. I'm telling you, he, you can't imagine all the stuff he does for me. Yeah, so that's a it's pretty it's pretty good. Those guys do a great job. And again, I, I say that the drama might be a little down. There's still four guys that might decide. It's not like in years past when you have when you know you got 17 of them that are already going to be here out of the 24. That's pretty pretty damn good. But there's always drama looking ahead. The number one player in the nation, uh, Dylan Rayola, Rayola, number one quarterback, decommits from Ohio State. Uh, looking around. Georgia's right in the thick of it there. Um, and Nebraska's also looking at it. But that what is – What a great family that is. Uh, he was here at spring practice uh, and uh, saw his mom. And I was up there getting some crowd therapy, and uh, his mom and whoever the host is, well, they were just sitting in some chairs. I guess they were tired, and I asked her if she wanted me to get her I, – I, I was just being nice. I didn't know she was a recruit. And uh, Crude's mom, I said, would you like some water or Gatorade or something? Because I was going over this little thing. And she said, well, that's nice. And I said, I'm Jim Don. And she said, well, I'm so whatever first name was. And uh, I said, hey, well, that's great. I said, I wish I would have gotten you some little earlier there if I had known you were his mother. But uh, then I met the dad out there. You know, dad played with Stafford and just good people. Yeah. What an imposing looking guy that is. I mean, he could play, he could walk in, you think he's a middle linebacker. And uh, he decided to move out to Arizona and play his junior year. And right after his visit here, uh, you know, Manning was still in the hunt with us and he, he committed to uh, Ohio State and broke my heart. But now he's back in the fray. And uh, certainly I hope we got a good shot at him. I mean, he, Boy, what an impressive-looking guy. Watch the tape. I mean, he's a generational quarterback. You got a shot with him. You got a shot with Travis Hunter, the number one player last year that uh, was going to Florida State, and I went out on a limb. Yeah, that, that's a good point there, too, Roddy. I was, I was going to bring it up. I can't remember can't remember everything, but the thing that Kirby always says is, hey, uh, we, you know, we might not get you the first time, but if you are on the rebound, you, you know, we know a lot about you. We've had you in camp. We've uh, recruited you. We've got to know your family. And that that's the way you take a, a transfer guy as compared to somebody that you just cold on. And uh, I tell the story about Benjamin Watson. I mean, I just, his birthday was a couple of days ago. Uh, I'm so proud of Ben, everything he's done. But uh, he, he wanted to be an engineer, and he thought that's what he wanted to do. And his dad was 
all fired up about Duke. And I said, the only thing I'm going to tell you is promise me if, if you don't like it there and you decide to go somewhere else, you give me first shot. And he did. And, uh, Mark Rick should thank me because he played, had the red shirt a year here, and then he played, did a great job for us, and, of course, all those years in the pros. All right, let's go speed round on some quick questions here because we're already over time. So as few words as possible in these answers. Utley, 1992, who would win in a fight between a bear and a moose? A bear and a moose? Yeah. But what size is the bear? Is it a grizzly? Is it a Kodiak? I don't. Ha- I said as few words as possible, Roddy. Come on. Well, I mean that depends. And is it, a, is, it a, is it a big is it a big bull moose? You know, hey, that's I, I named my company after bull mooses because they're indestructible, and I'm a big fan. It depends of on whether the bears in hibernation or not. No, I, don't know. <laughs> I go with the bear. Uh, who would win in a fight, Jalen Carter or King Kong? That's from Grand Moff Tarkin. King Kong. I mean, uh, that's pretty awesome. Uh, I saw the original King Kong. That was unbelievable. Scared me to death watching that movie. I was, but I got to go against with Jalen Carter against anybody. I mean, that yeah. guy's scary now. I mean, he's a good smiles and everything, but it just makes you wonder. Hey, don't don't squeeze my hand too much, Jalen. <laughs> Jalen Carter. Uh, from Bulldog Ice, is this the time that we see Stetson run more? Ooh, good. good. You know, I think it's there. I, I, I also know that they've been real careful about just using him when they need him because uh, he's so, you know, means so much to the offense. They're real careful about it. But I, I could see him doing that some, especially like, we saw against Auburn when they're playing man under and he breaks that 63 yarder. These guys play man. I mean, they give you a chance to run the quarterback draw. You're going to do it. From JC green. How much stock do head coaches put in the official recruiting rankings? Zero. Oh, come on. <laughs> I mean, I don't think, I don't think these guys care about what these stars are or anything, but. But obviously, you don't want to be ranked lower than well manure. I mean, you want to come up there and do. But I don't. I never put much stock in it. But uh, maybe Roddy feels like they do. But uh, no, I, I tell people all the time: do not get obsessed with the rankings. If it is our job, it is our number one attractive thing at Rivals.com. People look up the rankings all the time, and I say, look, it is impossible to rank thirty thousand high school kids and determine. Who, you know, if you got a kid at number 12 versus number 24, what the hell is the difference between 12 and 24? But usually you can spit, you know, spot a kid at 12 versus a kid at 2,480. So when you see a Travis Hunter, you move him up. You see a Jalen Carter, you put him in the top 50. You know, should have been the top five, but we had him at 49. But sometimes, you know, you see a guy, I remember the first two guys we had uh, years ago was like Jacob Eason and Ben Cleveland. We had him at one and two. But then the more we saw him, we dropped him a little bit. And I think Ben was in the top 100, but we didn't have him in number two. But when the first time you saw him, you're like, this looks like an NFL all-pro tackle as a 10th grader. But then you saw he's a little stiffer, so you drop him down a little bit. But again, just by size and what he could do, you, you can spot him. And I, I use coaches' thing all the time. When you go to a game, you know, take somebody who doesn't follow football, ask him who the D1 player is, and if they can spot him immediately, then that's a guy you put in the top 50. So – the rankings are good. They just help They help get to who the good players are. But don't get caught up in, I can't believe he's ranked three instead of, you know, number one. 
I'm I'll, give you, I'll just give you three names. David Pollock, Lance, uh, Lad McConkey, and uh, Kamari Laster. What were their rankings? David Pollock, the only three. I mean, he's a three-time All-American here. And uh, yeah. it's, it's just you just never know how what, – what, how, or Randy McMichael. I mean – And I can point out to, you know, 750 guys who are ranked in the top 50 who are drafted in the top 50. So the rankings are a hell of a lot more accurate than they're wrong. You can always I mean, the rankings are good, but I mean, I, I I thought he was talking about the rankings of how your team ranks, uh, like Auburn ranks 13th compared to Georgia one. You know what okay. I mean? And that's even tougher to do. I don't I don't like that yeah. system. Uh, there was one detail, and we'll wrap up. Those this. Florida Gators, man, they got the three points the other day. I was happy for that. <laughs> Keep the streak alive. Uh, hey, the- <laughs> got to kick them when they're down, man. Get those Gators. I mean. Uh, what are they looking for? I heard they got a good quarterback coming in, though, from uh, California. And uh, Grand Moff Tarkin's question, I missed an important detail. This was, who do you have in a fight, Jayana Carter or King Kong? He says the fight takes place on a neutral field or in a dome, so there's no weather concerns if you were factoring oh. that in. <laughs> Grand Moff, well, that's true, but King Kong couldn't get in. He's too big. So Jayana Carter wins by default. Here we go. He couldn't get in the uh, Georgia Dome. See? All right. Well, we wish everyone a Merry Christmas and Happy Holidays with your family. And uh, thanks for making us part of your weekly rituals. Um, that's a big deal to us and uh, family, something that all of us value. And, Coach, I know yeah, that I wanna, uh, you get to check yours out, out, too. Shout out to Nat Long sent me a Elvis Presley Christmas book, which uh, really nice of him. Uh, Elvis is always in my deal. And, you know, I found out this weekend uh, – that uh, Elvis was actually in Burlington, my hometown, in 1956 at the Williams High School Auditorium. And uh, I missed it. But I asked our class scribe, uh, Bob McLeod, and he, he had some info on it. And of all the things that Elvis said there, he, he said, I'm glad to be here in Burlington, Virginia, which was actually North Carolina. <laughs> Elvis didn't, that didn't go over too good, but uh, he he had it. He was singing "Hound Dog" and some of those songs right there in Williams Auditorium. I love it. I feel bad we didn't get to some of the uh, Greg uh, Coleman. A lot of people have some questions in the comment section there. Sorry we didn't get to those. We'll try to next week. Uh, next week, man, I did too much uh, talking today. I'm, I mean, it uh, goes off. And I, I really did. I'm sorry about that. Ne- next time, I'll tell my champ Bailey recruiting stories, and we'll just compare notes on that. Yeah. I noticed champ's going to be the honorary captain for the game. That's good. This should be a good game. Uh, next Tuesday at noon, we will have had. Monday will be the press conference between the two coaches. Tuesday morning, we get the Georgia offensive coordinator and the Ohio State defensive coordinator and five players from each team starting at, uh, I think, at 8.30. So if we can have our show at noon, we will, should have some fresh comments from uh, Todd Munkin and uh, I forgot the defensive coordinator for Ohio State. Whoever Knowles. that guy is. <laughs> Coach Knowles. Thank you. Uh, so – We'll have some uh, maybe some offensive coordinators taking the job at Tulsa, but I understand he's going to help them with the bowl, with the yeah. bowl game. Uh, Wilson is, a, and um, I met him out at Oklahoma, and he said, "I said, well, it was nice to meet you." So well, I met you before. Said uh, I was in high school at Maiden, North Carolina, and when you went in for a home visit, 
uh, at North Carolina in 1975. Uh, I asked that guy if I could come over and listen to you. And oh, wow. I said, oh. So I said, how'd I do? He said, okay, but he went to Clemson, so it didn't matter. <laughs> So that's awesome. I love it. So hopefully uh, next Tuesday we'll be able, you will be able to talk about what coach what else coach got for Christmas and what Dan got his girls for Christmas and um, all, all my loot. We'll bring that up. We'll uh, have uh, Smarts uh, and uh, Ryan Day. I just hope your, hope your daughter can play better than you, Dane. I can't play any instrument. That's why I talk for a living. Yeah. Well, keep it under the table there. Just – Get, get rid of that thing. All right, folks, we'll see you next Tuesday. Take care. We appreciate it.